everybody. This is a recording the night of the 15th for release on the 16th of February. And this is that kind of week where we have bad weather. So if you're out there driving, just slow down. Be careful. Watch out for ice. Watch out for snow banks. Watch out for things that might be hidden that you can't see. You know, and, and honestly, just don't be in a hurry. It's really what it comes down to. If you haven't left out yet, be prepared for ice and snow. You're going to deal with it. Bring an extra couple layers of clothes. You know, bring a pair of extra couple of boots. Your shoes get wet. I like to pair. You know, I like to keep a couple extra pair in the truck. Bring some extra food. You know, you might get stuck. You get a rolling closure. You know, you might get stuck for a day or two. You know, just you just don't know. I mean, look at the big rolling. You know, the big wreck they had out in I ten. You know, this is happening all over the country right now. Yeah, you know, this is uh, February 16th, 2021, just in case you're not listening to it at the time. So here's what, you, what I suggest. Throw a couple of gallons of water in your truck. Throw a big sleeping bag. Put, put a sleeping bag in your truck. Truck breaks down, you can crawl in the sleeping bag if it's cold. Throw some water in there. Make sure you got three or four pairs of gloves. I like to carry extra gloves because when my gloves get wet, then I can switch them out so my hands don't start to hurt. Because your hands get wet, they're gonna they get cold like that. They're gonna start to hurt, you know. And I love these these like um, Harbor Freight's got them. These uh, I don't know what they are. These like big plastic polymer or whatever they are gloves. They're kind of they're lined and they go up to you know past your, um, you know they go up past your wrist and they're they're great for when you're fueling because they help cut out the wind. You know, bring a scarf. Make sure you bring a beanie. Bring a hat. Maybe if you're from a warm weather state, California, Florida, you may not have that stuff, but you're going to need it this week. You know, just be prepared. You know, just be prepared. And if you don't use it, well, then you take it out of the truck. You know, it should be just part of your winter gear anyway. Yeah, is it like this very often? No, this is a particularly bad year. So just be careful. You know, just take it slow. It doesn't matter when you get there. As long as you get there on a year on a week like this, yeah. You know, if they start bitching that you're not getting there fast enough, too bad. Your family's more important than anything else. Just get there. Do what you need to do to get there. That's all that matters. You know, watch out. Keep uh, you know when it starts getting. You know, most of your fuel is rated is uh, ten below. You know, it's rated at ten below. It varies depending on the trucking company, but most of it's ten below. So when it starts getting down to the net, you know, down to zero, I start adding additive to the truck. Add the additive to the truck before it starts buttering. Once it starts buttering, that's it. You're screwed. You're coming to a stop. You know, and if you're coming to a stop, you're going to get cold because the engine's going to shut down. So add the additive. Add it to both tanks. What I like to do is I add the additive in before I fuel the truck. Then I fuel the truck immediately afterwards, and it mixes it up really good. Keep the truck idling. Never shut the truck down when it's this cold. All right? Never shut it down. Stuff like that. All right? And like I said, this will all be over within a couple of weeks, and we'll be back to normal. But until then, you know, it's just we got to deal with it. So here we are, the recording. Let's get on with the show. All right, let's go to Jeremiah. Here we go. Keeping that hammer down all across the nation 
checking cities off his list. Sharing stories of the road right here on his station. You are listening to the Kingfish. Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network. Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right. The intro music, of course, you guys know I've talked about it before in Jeremiah's been on the show. That's Jeremiah Craig. And you'll find the links to him in the show notes. You know, if you want to go check out his music, he's on Spotify, a bunch of different places. He's one of my favorite independent artists. I just think he's a fantastic human being and a great artist. I love his music. He's got some songs I really care for. And uh, uh, don't tell him I told you guys I like his music. He, he, we don't want him to have a swole head. And then the girl from the intro, that's Lulu from Lulu Cafe. Or sorry, Lulu. I keep saying Lulu Cafe. That's from Lulu Island. There's a restaurant downtown Milwaukee called Lulu Cafe. That's why I keep saying that. Uh, Lulu Island. There's a, there's a, uh, she's from Lulu Island. That's Lulu from Lulu Island. And I just combined the two and I think it sounds fantastic. But anyway, go check out Jeremiah's music. All right. And then go subscribe to Lulu's uh, podcast. You'll find it at Lulu Island. All right, let's get on with the news. All right, here we go. This is, uh, I don't know if there's been an update on this one. I haven't read anything yet. But the American Trucking Association has asked the U.S. health officials to reconsider the requirement for team truck drivers to remain masked while inside the cab. That's not realistic. Here's the deal. I'm a team truck driver. I've been a team truck driver for 25 years. My co-driver is, uh, the, he's the person I spend the most time around all week long. I generally don't see that many other people, all right? I don't see that many other people, period, because I'm a team operation. We see maybe, I don't know, a few truck stop employees, which is why I say they should do the truck stop employees first when it comes to vaccination, because they see all of us. That's who I think they should do first. But that's that's another thing. That's a whole another side ramp. So what I'm saying, aside rant, not ramp. So what I'm saying is, is that for me to wear a mask while I'm driving, my co-driver to wear a mask while we're in the truck, seems a little ridiculous. We're sharing the same space. We're sharing the, you know, I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're just in too close. My co-driver gets it. I'm getting the COVID. It doesn't matter if he's wearing a mask or not. And I'm, I'm all for wearing masks. Trust me. But and if I get it, he's getting it. So the best thing we can do is try to stay away from people, try not to get away from get away from that stuff. Wearing the mask in the trunk, it ain't going to work. Overall, we probably spend a lot less time with mo- than other people, than most Americans, you know, most people around the world because of the way it is. So anyway, they're looking at putting an exemption up for team drivers like there are for solos. Uh, I don't know if there's anything happening with that yet. I haven't spread anything. If anybody knows, give me a call at 414-666-1926. Let me know what's going on with that. So, all right. You know what? I'm going to run and get me a glass of water. I think I'm starting to lose my voice. Hold on. All right. Here's, yeah, I got a glass of water that helped out my voice feeling kind of gravelly, you know? I think it's because I went walking in the cold yesterday. I mean, I'm not sick or anything. I just went walking in the cold, so it was a little bit of a labor. I got some good photos, though, but, oh. Damn, was it cold? It hurt. It wasn't even cold. It was just painful. You get to a certain point, it's not cold anymore. It's just painful. And where I'm talking about is Wisconsin by Milwaukee. Wisconsin. I say that 
up in Milwaukee. That's where I was walking at, up in Wisconsin. So anyway, this was unusual. On uh, February 8th, all right, this is last week, February 8th. Uh, yeah, I can't do this any more recent because I'm over the road. So sometimes I can't, but, you know, most of the time I can't. Anyway, uh, on February 8th at about 6.30 p.m. in South Londonderry Township, Pennsylvania, okay, according to the, to the PennDOT, you know, Pennsylvania Department of Transportation, a pilot made an emergency landing on the Pennsylvania Turnpike between the Lebanon and Lancaster exit, okay? That's exit 266 in Harrisburg, exit 247, you know, uh, due to engine failure, you know, right there, but the... You know, with the 81 and the in the Pennsylvania Turnpike and all that. Yeah, that area. Yeah, he made an emergency landing. So here's what happened. And it looks like the plane's pretty tore up. All right. The the, the pilot was, he, he was able to land on the Turnpike, okay? But then he got slammed by a semi-truck. And then he pushed it into a snowbank where it was, where it was immediately hit by a second truck. Nobody was killed. People were hurt a little bit. But the plane was hauled away and the lanes reopened, so everything's fine. Now, I've seen this twice before. Now, keep on, I've been driving 25 years. I've seen this twice before where a small engine plane was in the medium, but I've never actually seen one land on the uh, on the interstate. But I've seen them in the middle of the interstate. So it does happen, but luckily it doesn't happen very often. So, all right, let's get moving on. All right, this one's pretty bizarre. We were, I remember reporting about this a while ago. We talked about this and how insane this was. Okay, this was a Canadian driver. All right. Now, this is from what article, the Windsor Star. All right, this is where we're getting this from. A trucker who claimed that he had no idea there were 11 people crowded behind a curtain in the driver's cab of his commercial rig as he crossed the Ambassador Bridge in 2017 is hoping a Windsor judge might see his human smuggling action as that of a good Samaritan. Well, first he denied that he even knew they were back there. And now he's saying he's a good Samaritan. He needs to make up his mind, okay? You know, it's just insane. Now, what do you, what was the numbers here? It said, uh, um, I can't pronounce the guy's name. He had been a refugee claimant from West Africa eight years earlier. So he, he is, you know, you know, he's, you know, I, I think he is a, a good guy doing a wrong thing is what it is. You know, if if there is such a thing. So anyway, there was no evidence during his human smuggling trial here to go suggest the trucker ferried the Nigerian nationals across the Ambassador Bridge for financial gain. So he's a he's a Nigerian guy. So he did it to help out probably family, maybe people he knows, who knows. But anyway, uh, the judge said he had difficulty accepting the Crown's position that the number of vulnerable stowaways and how they were crammed into the sleeper portion of the, of the truck cab should be considered an aggravating feature in determining the appropriate punishment. Well, I don't know. <laughs> you know, he had like, I think it was like eight women or something and like, I don't know, a bunch of kids back there. I don't remember what it was. Let's see if we can find it here. That's hidden in here somewhere. Oh, I know. I just read it. Oh. It says here uh, that prosecuting attorneys or the defending attorney said there was no evidence of prior planning uh, he told the court that he and his co-driver can't pronounce that guy's name either returning from the west coast had been approached on their last michigan stop by a fellow nigerian after parking and before entering a rest area due to some paperwork discrepancies at the border an hour later the pair were advised by canadian customs at the bridge to go to a secondary inspection but were soon nabbed 
attempting to ignore that direction. It was then that Canadian Border Service Agency officers discovered, okay, three women and eight children who had been, uh, okay, who had been in the United States on visitors' visas. Wow. Okay, so they they were in the United States being smuggled into Canada. I don't know how much goes back and forth there. So it was three women and, and eight kids, and they were in the sleeper. Yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen with this guy, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be more about it. But anyway, this is something we were talking about earlier. Uh, a lot of times we don't get to see the conclusion of these these things. I think this one's going to be going on for a while. So, all right, let's get going on. All right, this one falls under the category of, oh, shit, I fucked up. All right, now this is a Warner. I, well, actually, I can't see the truck. I can see the... Yeah, there's no markings on the truck. It's just a white truck, but it's a trailer. It's a Warner trailer. So I don't know if it's a Warner driver or not. But yeah, usually these kind of incidents are usually Swift trucks for some reason. I, I don't know why. They just are. Anyway, apparently in Wickenburg, Arizona, they have this roundabout. And in this roundabout, they have what they consider the world's largest spurs. You know, it's like a they are an art display kind of thing, you know, and so they put them up. Well, apparently a driver fell asleep, plowed right through the circle, you know, the traffic circle, broke the spurs in half, <laughs> and they're just, it's, it, it uh, how embarrassing, you know, and it's, uh, it's Wickenburg's tribute to the American cowboy. You know, locals call the thing an enormous tribute to the American cowboy. That's what, I'm getting this off CDL Life, and it's like, what the hell were you thinking? What were you thinking? Oh, it took six hours to clean up. This poor guy, I'm sure he was embarrassed, you know, beyond belief. The the truck driver was not hurt in the accident, but they have since been cited uh, for failure to control speed. And who knows what else they got him for. But uh, the truck's pretty bashed up on the front end, and I guess it took six years to get the spurs out of the truck. But, oh, my God, how embarrassing. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? If you did some something like that, when you just want to crawl under a rock, that's the only thing out there. Wickenburg. <laughs> There's nothing out there. And this guy hits us. He hits the only thing that's out there. Oh, my God. I'm laughing because it ain't me, but it isn't. that would be embarrassing. All right, let's get moving on. Oh, I guess I got it. Okay, here we go. Yeah, let's get moving on. That's my flub. I flubbed. All right. Maybe I should start putting these things in categories. Uh, it looks like here, Connecticut governor proposes $90 million per year mileage tax for tractor trailers. It's for road improvements and things like that. Now, you're going to want to look into this. I'm not going to list it all because it's too much legalese, but they're looking at uh, doing this for the year uh, 2023. So if you're up in Connecticut and you're you know, registered out of there, or you got your truck registered, uh, start looking at your local laws and start paying attention to what's being passed because you may see a huge tax increase. All right, just keep just keep that in mind up there in Connecticut. Oh, this one's horrible. This is like a nightmare. Ugh. This is, you know, this poor driver, this poor driver's driving a dump truck, okay? And he's, you know, he's masked up and he's uh, got a day cab. Looks like he's got a day cab. So anyway... Oh, yeah, he's got a dick. Oh, this poor guy. So anyway, here's what happens. He's he's over in uh, Hollywood, Florida, right? On February 10th, okay. I don't know how they got anybody to photograph this or even come close to this, okay. So this dump truck driver found himself 
well, in dire straits. Let's put it that way. Uh, pickup truck, you know, went out of control, lost it in front of him. The pickup, the, the, the driver, the semi driver had to slam on his brakes, right? So he slams on his brakes. All the shit, yeah, human waste that was in the dump sloshed forward, went over the top of the bed of the truck, broke through the window of his cab, you know, the window that's behind his head, and covered him with human waste. Shit. He got covered in shit, basically. I'm looking at his photo. He does not look happy. Oh, my God. He does not look happy. <laughs> oh, my God. It says, well, Fernandez is the driver of the truck. Well, uh, the semi-truck. Well, Fernandez was able to avoid a collision. The sudden braking caused the treated human waste fertilizer to slosh out of the trailer and break through the back window of the cab, covering Fernandez in the substance. Okay, so this was treated stuff that was going to be used as a fertilizer, like milorganite, that kind of thing. Anyway, luckily nobody was hurt, but the crews were left to clean up quite a mess. And to, you know, including the truck had to be hosed down. Of course it did. And, it, and the, it's it's not clear if anybody uh, got sighted or not. But, oh, my God, what a shitty job. Could you imagine it? I would be so, well, for lack of a better word, pissed. I would be so pissed. Oh, my God, I would be so pissed. Oh, that would just, just break. Oh, I'd be so mad. All right. Unbelievable. All right, let's get moving on. All right, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Thursday, February 11th, uh, down in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. You all heard about this. Over 100 vehicles were involved in this pileup. All right? That's on Interstate 35 West, right, in Fort Worth, Texas, like I said. Now, this is, this is that time of year for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be like this. Things are going to be crazy. So remember... You know, don't hammer down. Don't use a cruise control. Be cool. Just be cool. Take it easy. Uh, this particular one, five people died. Okay. Maybe more, but at this time, five people have died. 36 were transported to the hospital with varying degrees. Don't be one of those people making a home. All right. Just making a home. These accidents are, uh, you know, just... I don't know what time, it didn't say what time of day it happened, but a lot of times what you can do is just wait till the sun comes up. After the sun comes up an hour or two, it's it's just fine. So, all right, just be careful. Because you don't want to be involved in one of these. None of us do. So we just got to take it easy, okay? So that's your goal for the week. Just get through the week. That's all you got to do. Just get through the week. All right, just get through the week. One mile at a time. All right, it doesn't matter. Just let you get through the week. All right, let's get moving on. All right, here's something kind of interesting. We just went from the super cold to the warm. Hawaiian trucking schools have a wait list for the first time ever, the owners say. So apparently, because all the stuff is closing down because of COVID, all the stuff's coming, the shipping stuff is picking up. And so the people that were working in hospitality, waiters, waitresses, stuff like that, bartenders, they're switching over to truck driving, and I honestly, I never would have thought truck driving was a big, huge thing in Hawaii. I don't, I don't know how, you know, I can't imagine you'd be doing big miles every day, but I'm more like a big city driver, I guess. But anyway, that's what's going on. So if you're in Hawaii, you want to become a truck driver, you're going to have to wait because there's a waiting list for the first time ever. All right, so 
It'll be interesting. I drive over there. I would I'd give it a shot. Be interesting anyway. Well, it looks like CRST is in the news again. Uh, it looks like uh, they must face predatory lease allegations and wage a lawsuit. That's what the uh, it's a landline now article. If you want to look it up, this is dated February tenth, twenty twenty one. Tyson Fisher wrote this thing. So basically, what it comes down to is that their lease was a bad deal, and people are suing, and it was predatory. So we'll keep an eye on this. But as of right now, the lawsuit can continue on, and you know, they've had some other issues. But you know, these lease option deals, I'm not a big fan of. But if you're, you know, I just, I don't think they're a really good idea. Yeah, I just don't think they're a good idea. So just keep that in mind. Don't uh, don't sign anything without having a lawyer look at it first when it comes to these lease option deals, okay? Just talk to a lawyer first. It's a big commitment, all right? And it's your, it's your life, so do it. Talk to a lawyer first. All right, this is kind of funny. Well, maybe not for this driver, but... You guys may think this is funny. You think uh, our chaining laws are bad here and, you know, chaining's a hassle? Well, apparently, this is uh, where we get this. WBNG News, your weather, all right? This is pretty funny. <laughs> Copenhagen, Denmark. Norwegian authorities have deported a, truck, deported a truck driver who was stopped by police twice within an hour for driving without snow chains near a city north of the Arctic Circle. A police spokesman said Thursday that the man also has been banned from returning to Norway for two years for being careless of the conditions, which represent a great danger. In Norway, heavy vehicles are required to use snow chains from mid-November until the end of March, regardless of road conditions. Authorities did not reveal the truck driver's name or nationality. He was escorted out of Norway on Wednesday. On top of deportation, the driver was fined 1100 kroner, which is $1,302. So basically what it comes down to is that no matter what, no matter what the road looks like, you got to have chains on between, uh, what is it, November and March. And uh, he didn't, and uh, they didn't like that, and they pulled him out, and they had deported him. So if you think our chaining laws are too rough here, yeah, well, you think again, all right? So <laughs> it's kind of funny, actually. But, you know, hey, those are the rules. I thought Colorado was bad. All right, let's get moving on. Well, it looks like at least one driver's got some good luck this week. Once again, I can't pronounce these people's names. Uh, Wasana, Mr. Wasana. I guess that's how you say it, 44 years old. So him and his wife and his son, he's a truck driver in Thailand. This is all trucking-related, transportation-related, you know, for the most part. So he went down and he bought, you know, for a couple of bucks, he bought some fish, you know. He bought some oysters, bought some fresh fish, some snails, all right? All right? And this this is where it gets good. Uh, Mr. Wasana, 44, boiled, I think that's his name, boiled the snail, which they ate with their son, who bit into something hard, right? And then he spit it out. Well, what he spit out was he spit out a rare orange Milo pearl, M-E-L-O, inside the seafood he brought from the market. Apparently, these Milo orange pearls are like the rarest pearls you can find. This thing is worth over $300,000 U.S. And they get it listed as 250,000 pounds, if I'm reading this right. Now, this thing is seven grams, and it's orange. really pretty looking. So, yeah, it just changed this man's life. 
apparently another farmer had found one earlier. He was collecting oysters along the beach, and he found one. But uh, they offered him 325000 for it, but he hadn't sold it yet. It says here, Milo pearls are naturally occurring gems produced under the shell of a large sea snail species known as the Milo Milo. Hmm, that's redundant. The gems are formed when an irritant gets under the, uh, the snail's shell, causing the animal to produce secretions to reduce its discomfort. Over several years, the layer of secretions, secretions form a melopearl. The pearls range from orange to, or brown to yellow or orange. Depending on the color of the snail shell, the gem that grows in it. I didn't even know these snails had pearls. Orange melopearls appear in only one of every several thousand shells, Many of these gems fetch the highest prices. Milo pearls cannot be farmed like other pearls because the gem has not yet been successfully cultured to be grown in foreign mussels or clams. This means the Milo pearl is the only one found when it, where it naturally occurs. The gems are found in the South China Sea and shallow waters off the coast of Vietnam, Thailand, and Myanmar. So these things are pretty rare, okay? I never heard of them before. Okay. And so that's what's pretty cool about this. This thing's pretty rare. So this truck driver, he's having a cookout with a family, and he finds his pearl worth over 300000 Now, earlier, in a couple of months ago, another guy, like I said, he was picking oysters. He found it. But apparently, uh, he hasn't sold it yet, but he, the cops came to his house because, well, they had to delay the sale of his pearl. And you know why it was delayed? The first guy, not the second guy. Because the first guy was caught celebrating by having a meth party with his friends. Yeah, even in Thailand. So this guy went and had a meth party. They found meth all over the place. It was a big deal. So I guess his 300000 ain't going to last very long. But this second guy, he looks like a nice family guy. He's a truck driver. Now he looks pretty happy. Hopefully, it'll be life-changing for him. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> Milo pearls. Never heard of them. Good for you, driver. Good for you. You want to look this stuff up? Just look up uh, M E L O Milo pearl. All right. All right. Let's get moving on. All right. Here's a interesting article by Yahoo Finance. I didn't even know Yahoo Finance was still a thing. Anyway, they list. Let me move the mic here. Fifteen largest trucking companies in the world. All right. At number fifteen, they got Warner Enterprises. All right, and it's Warner. With a revenue of $2.4 billion. I'm just going to give out the revenue. Otherwise, we'll be here all night. Oh, well, the market cap. Market cap is $3.2 billion. That's what all their stock combined adds up to. All right, so that's number 15. Number 14 is ArcBest. ArcBest is ABF, you know, that, that group of trucking companies. ArcBest Corporation is uh, revenue $2.8 billion with a market cap of $846 billion. That's that's a pretty big jump. That's it's a huge company though. They do a lot of stuff. All right, number thirteen is TFI. TFI just bought U.S. or UPS Freight, and they bought a heavy haul division up in uh, Canada. So these guys may have moved up that list. I don't know if those numbers are based out of here. It doesn't say if those things were added in. But their um, TFI International is revenue of three point nine billion. And their market cap is $4.1 billion. So they're nothing to sneeze at. I, I honestly didn't know much about them before this. Now, number 12 is Old Dominion. Old Dominion is $3.9 billion. 
and with a market cap of $23.4 billion. So you see Old Dominion everywhere. Everybody knows them. Number 11 is Schneider National with a revenue of $4.5 billion and a market cap of $4.9 billion. Uh, for a long time, they were number one. At least the number of trucks and trailers. And that's Schneider. All right. Let's uh, hmm. see who took these photos. All right. Anyway, let's move on down. Uh, that was number, was that number 11? Yeah, I'm losing myself. All right, number 10, Landstar Systems. Revenue, $4.133 billion. Market cap, $5.82 billion. That's number 10. So far, they're all American companies. All right, number nine, YRC Worldwide. And that's YRC, Holland, uh, you know, all that stuff. $4.6 billion. Uh, market cap of $228.6 billion. And yet they still lose money every quarter. Uh, hopefully that'll change. Uh, we wish them the best. All right. Let's see. Number eight is Best Incorporated. Uh, I don't know what Best does. But anyway, they're $4.7 billion And they're $1.5 billion market cap. And number seven is oh, Night Swift Transportation. Well, Swift did have a, you know, they did merge with Knight, and they had some other acquisitions they did, but they're $4.8 billion, and then their market cap is $7.8 billion, $7.9 billion. And then Sino Holdings. I imagine this is not a U.S. company. It's S-E-I-N-O. Never heard of them. Uh, $5.7 billion in revenue and $2.6 billion market cap. They are, oh, Sino Holdings is the Japanese-based diversified transportation company. That focuses mainly on truck, cargo, and air transportation. So it's a it's a Japanese company. Okay, so I knew that we had to go up somewhere. So those are the top six so far. Oh, what's where's the second page? Uh, of course, you know we lose the second page while we're live. Isn't that the way it always works? Okay. Oh, number five is JB Hunt. I wouldn't have thought they were that high. Uh. But I first started driving, you see them all over the place. Revenue nine point six billion, and then market cap of fifteen point five billion. So they're no slouch. And then, okay, that's number. Oh, okay, here we go. They changed the format of how you change pages here. Uh, number four is Yamata Holdings. Yamata. Hmm. Uh, Yamada is a Japanese-based company that focuses on providing delivery services and its subsidiaries. Now they show a picture of Yamada trucks. It's a big, huge American-style semi-truck, so I guess they use those kind of trucks in Japan. I honestly had no idea. Anyway, their market cap is, or their revenue is $15.2 billion, and their market cap is $9.7 billion. All right, let's see what else we got here. And number three, XPO Logistics. Oh, I didn't realize they were that high. Revenue is $16.25 billion and market cap of $11 billion. You know, uh, XPO's got their fingers on a lot of things, so I guess that shouldn't be surprising. Number two is FedEx. That is $74.73 billion revenue and a market cap of $69.69 billion. Yeah, they're not hurting, that's for sure. And the number one... What is number one? 
Okay. What? No, it's not right. Um, I'll get to number one in a second. I'm surprised DHL is not on the list because DHL is pretty big. They're huge. This says worldwide companies. I don't see them on the list. Now, this is number one is UPS Freight with a revenue of $74.8 billion and a market cap of $144.285 billion. I think they screwed up here. They, they put, I see, here's the ticker symbol, NYSE UPS. It's not UPS Freight. It's UPS Package. They just got confused. Uh, it says here, number one, topping the list of 15 biggest trucking companies in the world, UPS Freight offers truckload services in the UPS Freight division of UPS Corporation. Amongst a broad variety of other services, the company offers regional inter-regional inter services, which include transportation management, customs, brokers, rail, ground freight forwarding, returns, a bunch of other garbage. Anyway, yeah, UPS Freight is not uh, this, this big. In fact, they just sold off to... Uh, TFI for what was it, uh, 800 million or something like that? We, we talked about it last week, so there's a flaw here, but I think they mean UPS package, just you regular UPS. So, those are your 15 largest trucking companies in the world, at least uh, according to Inside Monkey, which is this you know report. But you know, quite honestly, nah, I don't think so because I would have thought DHL would have been on this list. The fact that DHL isn't on this list is uh, kind of shocking to me. And that's you, yeah, Yahoo Finance. So, I don't know. I got my, I don't know. I got my reservations on that one. But it sounds mostly right. Let's get moving on. All right. Looks like that's all we got for today. Remember, it's bitterly cold out there. It's dangerously cold. The kind of weather that can kill you. Okay. So make sure you add that additive in there if you feel like you need it. Especially if you're a solo driver here. Team, you're less likely to need it because the truck keeps running. The vibration of the truck will cause the the fuel not to gel. Uh, if it starts getting close to zero, I just add it. And then that way when it goes overnight temps, or if it drops down more than you expect it to, you're safe. Uh, you lose that heat, you know, you might lose your life. You know, bring some extra water. Be safe. Slow down. Don't use the cruise control. Uh, the avoidance collision system might come in handy in fog or when it's snowing real heavy. It might, you know, start beeping, you know, that something's going on before you you can see it. You know, I don't like the damn thing, but when it's foggy or, you know, when it's bad weather, it's, it's all right. So make sure you clean that off. You know, stuff like that. Just be prepared for winter. Stay safe. Stay out of trouble. You know, and uh, let's just get through this, okay? Oh, shit, I thought I lost everything. Huh. That was weird. My whole screen just blacked out, but it looks like I'm still recording. No, oh, that freaked me out. Oh, that would have been a real pain. So anyway, I'm going to get going. i got to get packing for work. I don't know if we're going in tomorrow night or not. Or tomorrow afternoon. i got to head to Florida, but we got to go through some bad areas to get there. So, Plus, my stuff comes off the rail, so I pick up at a rail yard, then I take it to Florida. From Chicago, so I don't know what's going to happen. Rails are pretty slow when a bad weather hits. We'll have to wait and see what happens. All right, stay out of trouble, stay safe, and uh, seriously, take it easy. Don't be in a hurry. We only got a couple more weeks of this, and we'll go right back to normal. And it's time to hammer down, okay? 
All right, I'll talk to you later. Stay out of trouble. And for Rob, Hot Rob, that's my co-driver who's hurt right now. Shout out to Hot Rob. Stay out of trouble, Rob. Okay? Maybe get well and get back to work soon. All right? I need your seniority so I, so I can get a good bid in the, in, in, uh, when the bids come out. <laughs> I just said that because Rob's been teasing me about that. Saying I only need him for a seniority. But I really hope he does get better. He's uh, he's hurt. I don't know what the details are on it or anything. But hopefully he'll be getting back soon because he's a worker. And I know it's driving him crazy to be at home. So, all right. That's all I got. Kingfish out. We took some wrong turns. And we spent some long nights. To face what we're afraid of. some deep scars Cause we lost some hard fights To find out what we're made of But I
Oh, but who 